You sending the wolf? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss me? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf, the season two premiere. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I'm recording this right before Thanksgiving, so a little before you'll actually hear it uh, because I am going on a very long road trip that I am sure I will talk about at some point in the near future. Um, but uh, but I'm so excited to be back after a a couple of months, um, you know, taking a break from the show, but definitely definitely still working on a lot behind the scenes. Sending the Wolf is back and I couldn't be happier with my season premiere guest, Josh Makuga. So if you, uh, if you're familiar with Josh Makuga, you know him probably from uh, various cable appearances or stand-up comedy or his social media pro- profile. Uh, he is also trying to become the new host of Jeopardy. <laughs> and uh, Or you probably know him from Collider Video. And Josh and I have been really good friends for several years now. And I was thrilled to have him on the show. I had wanted to have him on for a little while. Uh, and, um, and he did not disappoint. He is a comedian and an actor and a performer. And he picked Groundhog Day, Harold Ramis's, the late and great Harold Ramis's, um, wonderful and heartfelt comedy starring Bill Murray and uh, Andy McDowell and Chris Elliott. And, um, you know, this is kind of in a lot of ways a great representation of Josh. Uh, It's, you know, Josh is a Pittsburgh guy and he's a huge fan of comedy. And, um, you know, this conversation is a, um, it's a really, it's a heartfelt look at the movie. The movie is heartfelt itself. Um, But it also, we, we talk about Josh's past. We talk talk about his history with this movie going to school um, so close by and actually visiting Puxatawney and doing the whole groundhog deal. Um, And, um, we talk about, you know, comedy that stands the test of time. And if we think that something like Groundhog Day could get made today um, and a lot of other things, it it was a really, really fun and funny conversation. And the Patreon mini, which is coming out this Thursday, which is available to $5 and higher Patreon subscribers, is really, really funny. And speaking of Patreon, Patreon is up and running. It is a little different than maybe the last time you took a look at it. Uh, it has fewer tiers that uh, at a at a lower price point um, but I think there are a lot of fun interactive experiences and goodies to be had um, and if you know anything about me you know I really enjoy sending postcards so there's a lot of those uh, so if you want check out uh, check out patreon patreon.com slash Clark wolf um, but if you know you um, are not interested in contributing that but you are interested in um, in supporting the show please share the show let your friends know 
know that it's back. Leave reviews on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. That is always um, really, really helpful. Uh, So I think that that about covers it for now. We'll keep this intro short and sweet uh, since it is our first episode back. Thank you all for being here. If this is your first episode you're listening to, welcome. I have 30 others waiting for you. And if you are returning after our hiatus, thank you so much for coming back for your support. I'm really excited to be back in the saddle and to be doing the show again. And I hope you enjoy it too. Alrighty, friends, here is Josh Makuga talking about Groundhog Day. actually doing anything i just <laughs> i just like to be Mike's roll- hot. yeah i just like to be rolling just in case you know because gotcha. you never know what gold what golden nuggets we make what it. yarns we may spin in indeed mm-hmm. indeed yeah i rewatched it this morning and took notes and and similarly i'm like yeah i've seen this movie like 10 million times yeah but it is you know it i i do always tell people even if they've seen it a million times to to watch it again yeah because you 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 inevitably like catch something else you know well the beautiful thing is there's multiple channels that will play it on groundhog day oh not only like tnt but like an hbo or a stars or something will play it over and over again and i had um i i Remember thinking when I first saw the trailer for Edge of Tomorrow, yes. I was like, what is this, Groundhog Day with machine guns? And then I watched and I was like, kind of is. Yeah. Each day they find something new you know, to get them to the next stage in the process. Well, it's funny because now um, pitches are being sold. It's Groundhog Day, but uh, like Happy Death Day too. Yeah. Um, Happy Death Day is like that slasher movie that Blumhouse put out last year. And uh, it, yeah. it was very successful. Or okay. maybe it wasn't even this year, to be honest. But um, yeah, it was because it came out on, was it? It was last October because there was a uh, Halloween Horror Nights maze that it was What was Happy Death Day? So then? Happy Death Day was the one with the girl, college girl, and she gets killed on her birthday okay. and wakes up the next morning and it's Groundhog Day. It's it's the same thing. So she's like, okay, someone murdered me last night. Okay. Like, who is doing this yeah. and how can I avoid it? Is it inevitable? I like that idea. I, I feel like I know you are not a scary movie person. Definitely not. But you no. you could this is a horror comedy. Okay. And um and it's not that scary. Um I watched this movie uh It Follows. Yes. I had to watch that with Riley for yeah. Halloween. A movie scared the living shit out of me. Oh my god. Because really? every time it was like okay, it wasn't like the what's the one that everybody was freaking out about this year? Um with uh, Colette, Tony Colette. Oh, yeah, Hereditary. Hereditary. That movie was terrifying. Yes. Absolutely sure. terrifying. It Follows got me in the sense of after I left and it was like sort of dusk. Because yeah. that whole movie feels like it's shot at dusk. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I kept like turning around thinking, because I already am very paranoid when it comes to people trying to sneak up on me. And <laughs> so I... I've seen a couple of horror films, but I don't know if I'll ever see Happy Death Day or anything like that. But at least it's like maybe trying to figure out the death of the situation. Yeah. I I I mean look, 
I think that you could handle happy death. Okay. I knowing Doesn't what I know of you. <laughs> exactly. And it's and it is a horror comedy and it's like it's it's a magical premise yes. in that, you know. And so that's kind of fun. Okay. Um so yeah, but it is funny how again like whether it's Edge of Tomorrow or it's that or it's whatever, you know, people use Groundhog Day as though it was a thing yeah. and it totally was not a thing and as everybody you know, who knows anything about movies knows. I feel like this is like a big, you know, oh, well, it wasn't successful when it first came out. Yeah. But it's kind of amazing how it has not only is considered one of the greatest comedies ever made, yeah. but but it's like become its own br- style of storytelling. Yes. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 to- totally. And it's... Uh, it's one of those movies where, I mean, it's a Harold Ramis classic, right? Yeah. At first, nobody likes it. And then right. the more people that watch it are like, guys, Groundhog Day is effing genius. Yes. Um, I, and I lived, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so Punxsutawney's not far away. Of course. I went to Groundhog Day twice. Uh, it's very different than in the movie, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, Smuggler, and it's not called Smuggler's Notch, Gobbler's Knob, something like that. Yeah, Gobbler's Knob. I, I think that's what it's called, uh, is out in like the woods now. It used to be in town, kind of like they have it in the movie. Oh, uh-huh. Because so many people come. Yes. It's out in the woods, so they bus you from town. Oh. In. And to this day, I have. Ne- I don't think I've ever been more cold in my life, because we just weren't prepared for it to be that cold that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't wear enough clothes. Oof. And you're not allowed to drink up there. So I was in college oh, when I went. Oh, no. You're, you're not allowed to drink, but we... Yeah, okay. We brought a bunch you of decided to things not with adhere us, to that right? Rule. Yeah. And um, we we went, you go into town, and, and Punxsutawney is a very small town. I mean, yeah. it's not... Uh, I, I mean... I think Punxsutawney High School graduates like 160, 180 kids a year. So it's not very big. And the entire town revolves around this groundhog. Yes, of course. I mean, that's their their claim to fame. I remember my mom telling me because she was a school teacher that when they would go to national conferences, the people from Punxsutawney would always give them like fill erasers or like fill pencils or whatever. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And... You are you're out in this field and there's this big grove and it but it is there's a band playing there's people everywhere and the locals get there 10 12 hours before and set up chairs so that they're in the front row for whatever uh-huh. and then all of us ta- like non-townies tourists they s- in stuff the, in the back Yeah 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 So we were really far from the stage we were probably you know I I want to say like 100 yards from the stage I mean it was far away Wow and it's a concert for a groundhog and nobody, I mean, he's pull a groundhog so crazy. out of a, out of a tree. They still do the same thing. I was going to ask, is it like the universe? Is it like Ugga, the bold, you know, the yes. bulldog where, where they, you know, oh, this is Ugga six, uh, you correct. know, or, okay. It's 100%. I think it's like, whatever, they're on like the eighth or ninth yeah. fill at this point. <laughs> Who knows? It could be more. I don't know what the lifespan of a groundhog is. I don't either. But uh, they pull them out. I mean, you can't tell if he sees a shadow or no. not. They've already kind of predicted of the whole situation. And they hold the groundhog there 15 seconds, maybe. I don't know if even that long. And they pull him out, and then that's it. I mean, it is all of 20 seconds, and then everybody's back on the buses and you're gone. So after we did it the first one, I was like, I don't know if that was worth it. Yeah. And then we got an itch. And we're like, let's go do it Let's again. try let's it again. Because from State College, where I went to school at Penn State, it's only like a two-hour drive, hour and 45 okay. minutes, something like that. And if I can remember correctly, I think it was that long. And so we drove basically in the middle of the night, hung out with Phil, because it's first thing in the morning. It's at dawn. 
Oh. It's not like you can come up and it's sure. daylight already. That's the other thing. Like at dawn, they wow. pull out the hog. And he can't see it. How could he see a shadow even if he wanted to? Exactly. And it was, the one time we went, it wasn't snowing, but again, it was freezing. And then the other time we went and it was snowing real bad. So every, I mean, it was just a disaster. It was Yikes. a mess. But that being said, this movie, I don't know if it's well received in, in, oh, interesting. in Punxsutawney. I've never really asked any of the locals because we were so unwelcomed by the local locals. Oh. We were just like, they're like, this is our thing. Because, oh. This is our thing kind of a thing. Weird. Because you would think that, uh, like, I was reading something about, about yeah, how tourism is year-round. Even, I mean, obviously, the obviously February is the popular time. But, right. for But, yeah, like, people come and they, oh, and that, um, well, and that where they shot the movie, I guess that's not necessarily the same because some of the stuff in the town, I don't know exactly where that was but they have plaques and it wasn't like yeah but they shot it in punks did they yeah so then yeah so then people come and see where the movie was yeah. made <laughs> where he steps in the puddle yeah and yeah, they, they said there was a plaque yeah yeah do you have exactly. a picture with it <laughs> i don't have any you, really no no pictures they didn't have cell phone cameras then this yeah this was 2002 <laughs> 2001 2002 so yeah we we barely were ha- had the ability to text it was still productive yeah. text at yeah, that point yeah yeah um but we it, I I went because the people that I went to college with were all movie guys. Sure. And we loved Groundhog Day. Yeah. And this movie, before my wife moved in and turned our place into like a boutique hotel. It is very cute. <laughs> by, the, by the water, but there's no water. No. It's great. Uh, yeah. This is, no, it's like you're at the beach without having to pay for it. Right. Or be stuck in traffic. Correct. We are like a West Coast cottage. I like that. Uh, and so I had a... Groundhog Day poster framed yeah. on the wall. I had like Happy Gilmore and Groundhog Day. Happy Gilmore not on the AFI. Not on list. the list. Hmm. No Sandler made it onto the yeah, list. Yeah, shocking. Well, <laughs> I, if you had to pick one Sandler movie, oh, well, should we save that for later? Sure, we'll save okay, it for later. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I, again, Groundhog Day to me is one of those movies that I don't know if it would get made now. Really? Do you think if somebody came in and pitched to like a Warner Brothers or a Paramount and was like, so I've got Will Ferrell as a Pittsburgh weatherman. Yeah. Obviously, another reason I love this yes, movie is because he's a Pittsburgh yeah. weatherman. And the weatherman in Pittsburgh, he was by the name of Joe DiNardo, uh-huh. was who they modeled this kind uh-huh. of after. And Joe DiNardo would fly a helicopter to your school if you were lucky enough and do the weather from your high school. Oh, shit. And so he came to my, he came in eighth grade to my middle school. He actually landed a helicopter at my mom's elementary school where she taught. Like it was a huge deal. If Joe DiNardo came to your school and you got on the news, forget about it. Rock it was star. the yeah, it was the great. If you talk to any kid from Pittsburgh, tell them the best day in their school. Like oh, when Joe DiNardo came, it was amazing. So, but I, what you know, he's a Pittsburgh weatherman, all this stuff. But if you walked into a pitch room at P- Paramount now and you're like, all right, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell is a Pittsburgh weatherman and he gets stuck in Punxsutawney doing the Groundhog Day thing and he can't get out of it. He lives the same day over and over again. Do you think it would get fun? Well, you know, it's hard because it's like I feel like the high co- the high concept comedy mm-hmm. is is you pitch you have to pitch that to the right studio. Right. You know what I mean? Cuz okay. it I it wouldn't be like a an automatic green light for mm. sure. Right. Like you'd have to really find Netflix I feel like would buy this movie. Yes, this is a this Netflix movie. This is a movie. Netflix movie. You're 100% you know what I mean? Correct. And yeah. and it's one of those things where it drops randomly on a Friday at like three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon and people are like, but then by Sunday everyone's tweeting about it. Yes. Like, did you see this movie? Did you see this movie? Yeah. That's what I think. This would not get theatrical. 
No way. Has has a Netflix movie, comedy wise, actually gotten into the popular zeitgeist? That's a good question. Uh, well, because I know a couple of the dramatic ones. Yes, have and a couple of horror ones have. Oh, they've been. I mean, their horror stuff is yeah, fantastic. you're doing really well. Yeah. I. Is my couch too deep for you? Or are you not sure? I to love sit this on couch. It? <laughs> I lo- no, I love it. I just, you know, I can't ever sit still, really. Yeah. And so I, there's just so many positions that I, <laughs> that I can take on this couch. Uh, no, but I, um, that's a good question. And I think the Sandler stuff is like the, you know what? To an- the answer to your question is romantic comedies. Yeah. Teen comedies, yeah. Kissing Booth, and To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Those yeah. have made it into the public. That was the one with Barb, right? To All the Boys I Loved Before. No, that was the one with uh with no, not with Barb. Barb, wait, was she Barb in was Kissing in sh- Booth? She was in Kissing Booth. Okay, I think. I, I don't know. I watch the one with Barb, but I forget <laughs> what the movie is. Yeah, to All the Boys yeah. I Love Before is the one with the little girl who writes three the, the her little sister oh, writes letters yes. and sends them out. That was actually pretty cute. It was I cute. That. I liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah. It was it was a very charming. Um, 100%. But yeah, so that so but not in terms of like mainstream, right. you know, straight comedy. I don't think I, so. I guess we haven't really had a mega star do a comedy. I mean, because Adam Adam yeah. Sandler does have that Netflix deal. Yes. And most of his stuff hasn't been that great like the people the, watch it but, but yeah it. like yeah. but yeah not that great um but i think that adam sandler was kind of put in between a rock and a hard place and netflix was like give us five movies and he was like well here comes the writer diarrhea and it's just it is what it is and here's also probably 300 million dollars is yeah. my guess like i feel like they must have given him a stupid amount of money yeah. to get five movies out five. of him because he People see his movies, maybe not here, but they watch them yes. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There is an audience. Oh, yeah. But is Groundhog Day the the kind of movie that... Because the first time you watch Groundhog Day, you giggle here and there. Then the second time you watch it, you're yeah. like, man, this is funny. Yes. Third time, you're like, okay, yeah. here it comes. Yeah. It's almost like Office Space. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think it is one of those sleeper comedies for sure. I mean, I yes. think that's part of the reason it had a hard time catching on when it yeah. first came out is because it's kind of serious. It's uh-huh. kind of romantic. It is laugh out funny, laugh out loud funny, sort of. Yeah. But then the, you're right, the funnier it gets, but also the the more dramatic it gets, I feel like, the more yeah. you watch it. Yeah. There's there when he is in the montage learning everything yes. and you don't really know how many days he yeah. spent. Yeah. But you by the end of the movie you realize it's been a lot of days. Yes. Right. To be yes. able to play the piano like yes. that, all that kind of stuff. Uh the Jeopardy scene obviously for me is, you love a, is that. a favorite. Yes. Um when he so I'm a fan of local bars. Uh-huh. Right? I love local establishments. I love a good dive bar. Yes. Anytime when I was traveling for stand-up way more, I would always ask either the, the locals or my concierge at like the Hampton Inn yeah. and Suites, is there a local bar that I can go and have a cheap drink and hang out with locals? Yes. The bowling alley scene when he's drinking with the two yokels yes. in the bowling alley, that is my dream. Oh, right? my God. Become friends with two local drunks. Not get in a car and like get arrested and yes, pulled over on train tracks, but that whole scene. You know, it's they they never tell you what day of the week Groundhog Day right. is, right? But you know, it's probably a day of the week. It's not a weekend, right? Because it's. I mean, it feels like a Tuesday or it, a Wednesday. Yeah, it right? does. 
Because it's always February 2nd. Always. It, but it's not, that doesn't mean that it's, yeah, you're right. Okay, right. different day of the week. Yeah. He always wakes up on February 2nd. Yes. There's no leaving Pittsburgh kind of right. a situation. He always wakes up on, right. on February 2nd. And there are points in the movie where there's a little, there, it's almost that timeline thought. Do you know the timeline thought? Do no. you ever watch The Flash on CW? Did yes. you ever watch? Of it's course. the worst. Okay. It's the worst. <laughs> it is. For I liked the first season, but after that, I was like, all right, I get this show. Then they were just like, everybody's a speedster. The entire world okay. is a speedster. Okay. But he starts messing with this timeline because right. he can go back and Multiple forward time. in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the timeline's all over the place. So there are points when I'm like, wait. Yeah. Okay. I noticed that maybe once this time around once, where I was like, that's how he, has it been that long? Right. And if you... If you are legitimately waking up the same day every time, there's got to be some sort of a magical thing that knocks you out that they never really... Because you would stay up. Right. You would stay up. Right. But maybe, now that I think about it, because it's a, now I'm going down, maybe he, if he doesn't fall asleep, it just the day starts over. Oh. Well, I, th- I would think that because he always does so much in each day, he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's put in a full day. And so Milady? You know, <laughs> so he's either killing himself uh-huh. or he's sleepy. Yeah. I don't know. He he does do a lot of activities. He has a lot. It's a full day. Yeah, it's, it's in a, fact sketch. Yeah. Um speaking of, by the way, of uh Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh wait, you're from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was reading on the IMDb trivia, so take okay. it or leave it, sure. that uh, hometown Michael Keaton Correct. was uh, was uh, thought of for this role and that he didn't get it. He was like, meaning, I don't understand this. He, he, so he didn't understand the script. Yeah. He, yes. He basically, uh, according to IMDb, Keaton turned it down because he found it too confusing. Keaton would have been great in this role. And I also read... <laughs> How do you not understand? I, I, it's a pretty straightforward movie. I mean, I also wonder too, though, if it's like... Because some stuff that makes it... That's in an original draft. And then, you know, like for instance, I, I was reading about a cut subplot of like an ex-girlfriend curses Phil. And, and it's like, you know, we have to explain what's happening. And ultimately they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So it's like, if, but if I got the script where you're reading it and these weird kind of side magic-y things happen, you're like, yeah. what kind of movie is this? Yeah, right. can, you know what I mean? Right. So, so there is that, but. So you're thinking there was maybe like some fairy dust, like in 30, uh, 13 going on 30? Sort of. Okay. And, okay. and maybe he was like, I don't, why, why is, can she cast this spell and right. do this thing? Right. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, but I was reading in terms of other fills um, that uh, Tom Hanks. Uh-huh. So that, see that. that um, Harold Ramis thought about Tom Hanks, but he thought he was too nice. Mm. And I wanted to bring that up with you specifically because I feel like we've talked about the movie Punchline before. Okay. And do you have feelings about Punchline? Or because a lot of comedians do, but it's good. Okay. It's not like my favorite. Sure. It's but it's I appreciate it. It's as not a movie. an accurate according to most comedians I know, it's not an accurate representation of like stand up. No. But I do love Hanks's Tom Hanks' performance in that movie. Yeah, it's a, he's great. He's so good and he is mean in that movie. And so right. there was part of me that was like, Well, Harold Ramis, if you had because I always want to cast Tom Hanks in everything. everything. Like I we and the I did with Rose. That's my dream guest on the Josh McGoogle show. Yeah. Tom Hanks. I, I did with 
with Roka, we did a Shawshank Redemption. Okay. And I've never really loved that movie. Okay. Um, but I was thinking the whole time, I would have really liked to see Tom Hanks in this role. Instead of Tim Robbins? Yes. Yeah. And sure enough, I read that I think they offer, he did Forrest Gump instead. Whoa. And so it was like, well, okay, he was busy. But but I also feel like I would have liked Shawshank a lot more, the movie a lot more. This is me personally. Does Forrest Gump exist if Tim Robbins is Forrest Gump? Right? I don't think this so. This is timeline. Speaking oh, of timelines, timeline. why can't we get Flash to come in here <laughs> and like make some different decisions? But wait, okay, I have to tell you one more. Okay. Uh, so IMDb said that Harold Ramis also considered Chevy Chase and Steve Martin, but he said he thought they were too nice. Chevy Chase, too nice? Thank you. That's what I said. No way. Yeah, I was like, again, it's IMDb trivia. Steve Martin, or did you say Steve Martin? Yeah. Steve Martin. I I could see Steve Martin in this part. I could too. But- And because he, well, but maybe because he did more of that like snarky stuff later in his career. yeah. Also, I, I interacted with him on red carpet. It's not very nice. Really? He was in a very bad mood, considering okay. he was winning an award that night. Oh, yeah, great. It was uh, the Geffen. It was like, what? <laughs> Chill out. Just it's cool. Yeah, ease up on the Anywho, clutch. Yeah. But I think that Bill Murray... I think he's perfect. Yes, don't get me wrong. Because Bill Murray is kind of an anomaly in the sense of like a... I, I, don't, I hate to compare the two, but yes. he's an anomaly like a Danny DeVito. Is to me right? Mm-hmm. Like if if a, if you ever seen Danny DeVito in person, he's like five feet tall. Yeah, he's, he's teeny man, miniature. Yeah, right. If a Danny DeVito walked into a casting office and they were going to cast him in some of the roles he's played today in today's world, there's absolutely no way. But and that's a shame because I think Danny DeVito is absolutely genius. I mean, mm-hmm. I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think Twins. Mm-hmm. If you were to pitch, I would. I don't ever want to see Twins remade. But Twins doesn't work in a lot of pitch rooms. It's really funny. It's yes. a very, very well yeah. done movie. Yeah. Uh, but Dane DeVito, I remember being my one of my first acting classes I was ever in. It was in Pittsburgh. I was like 17 years old, 16 years old. And the woman was like, take for instance Danny DeVito. You wouldn't think that he would have sex appeal, but for some reason he's sexy. Have you ever seen him in Twins? He's a sexy. And I was like, I don't. Anyway. <laughs> I think you're projecting, I like, yeah, ma'am. I like, uh, I don't. Anyway. <laughs> you say so. But. But Danny DeVito, in a sense of Bill Murray is never the kind of guy that is going to punch you in the face with comedy. Say, for instance, a Jim Carrey. Right. Or, right. you know, where it's slapsticky. Right. Bill Murray just knows how to be funny on camera. He's just a funny man. Yes. Okay? Yes. The way he delivers. Yes. And I think that goes back to the fact that he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. He's just a very, very good actor. I watched a whole uh, documentary, like, piece on Caddyshack and that whole a lot of his stuff is 100% just yes. Bill Murray they just yes. rolled the camera on Bill Murray and um I think in this role his transformation from the dickhead Phil Connors Absolutely. to the genuine Phil Connors is this much right it's still just Bill Murray but now he's nice yeah that's that's it but it really really works because he is so good at being that smart ass jerk but you could see him totally coming home and playing with his kids. Right. And there are there are one thing that I like that they do with Phil in this movie is that there are levels, meaning like he doesn't it's not a linear progression of uh kind of a dick to nice guy. Right. He bounces back and forth. He can't help himself. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like we're about a third to a halfway through the film and Andy McDowell says I studied that 19th century French poetry 
rosary and he laughs. Yeah. Then you look at he goes, what a waste of time. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's of course hilarious. But but I do think that like yeah. you are actually watching Phil learn mm-hmm. like and and actually learn how to be a better person right. and and it's just so i i like that they take their time with that and they don't make it like a you know like a like a turning like right. a circular like a circle no yeah. i think if if he goes if he starts trying to be good right away it right. doesn't it doesn't work yeah. the movie doesn't work um but you're right there are points when he thinks it's going to go well cuz that when he's in the scene, that first time, then he and Andy McDowell are making a snowman and they get yes, hit with the snowballs yeah. by the kids, right? And he tries to, and she smacks him. Like, he, she, he tries yeah. to kiss her and yada, yada, he smacks him. Because that's when he goes up the deep end and he kidnaps Phil. Right. Right? Yes. So he's high and then he's low. Yeah. And then he figures out, like, he can steal and then he comes back. And he goes high again. The the like you said, the circular the circular motion of this movie really really works. Well. Yeah, and he's really learning the lessons, yeah. which I appreciate. You yeah. know, yeah, um, because I do think that that is what would be sacrificed today. I think a high concept comedy like this with a big comedian or star yeah. could be made on Netflix. Yeah. But I I also don't know if they give it the time and the nuance yeah. that that they actually ended up with in this movie. Well, I think that you. And maybe in a, in a high concept company now, some producer coming in is like, I think we need a huge physical piece somewhere in here. Did you, sure. ever, did you ever watch the show Nobodies? No. I know I watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was on the Paramount Network. Uh, Melissa McCarthy was a producer on it. Okay. She was she would come in and star in like little mini parts uh-huh. in the movie, but she played herself in the show, okay. like a very self-grandized version of herself. Uh-huh. And in the first season of Nobodies, they're trying to pitch this movie called Mrs. First Lady or Mr. First Lady or something like that. And all the producers keep saying, is like, you need a big physical piece in the second act. You need a big physical piece in the second act. And I think in this movie, they're like, we, we need something that's a little more where the audience could be like, they're going to do this. And we don't ever really have that. Yeah. Except for when he steals the right. and he drives the truck off of the cliff. Yes. Right. And that's not even physical comedy. That's like high stakes hilarity. Yeah. And I don't know if we, if that exists, like if that stays on, maybe that's too dark for. Uh, that's what I was about to say. Okay. That's so dark. It is like very meeting dark. the way they shoot it, you know, and then it's just so slow. Yeah. And then it, it's like cab side down. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the gag is that, well, maybe he's okay. And then it like explodes, right? It's the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it's a, and it's a funny gag, but like they, they, this movie really walks the line of like, yeah, this is fucked up. Yeah, like yeah. they just and also Chris Elliott is still rolling. Yeah. He's filming Phil Connors. Their their local he takes his face away from the camera yeah. and then gets back. Yeah, yeah. their local weatherman. Yeah. Him having a psychotic break yes. and killing himself. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, mm, I mean, I got it. You know, and <laughs> yeah. it's just so there is that fine line of of it being super dark, right. but also still a very funny. I think that it also, first of all, there are parts in Groundhog Day, like when he goes to the diner, right? And he's eating all the food and he's smoking the cigarettes <laughs> yeah. and she's like, don't you worry about this. And that part is fantastic. Yeah. Cause that's, I always think to myself, what would I do if I was in Groundhog Day? W- you know, where would yeah. this kind of go? And those are like the fun things that I would do. You know, if there was no consequences, you oh, would do, totally. you know, you'd just have a blast, yeah. right? Um, but the whole, you know, dish drop, 
things, the planting of the yes. seeds, yes. how well written the planting of the seeds are. Yes. Once he figures it out and he yes. realizes that nobody's gonna gonna figure it out, right? Yeah. Because you they don't they don't work. It's do you remember the reverse episode of Seinfeld when it just kept like it started at the end and ended at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, there's a lot of Groundhog Day that starts at the end and ends at the beginning. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yes. Right. They show you the they yes, they show you the finished outcome and then you have to go back and yeah, yes. piece it all together. Yes. yes. Um so for for me, those little like I would love to be in the writers room for this movie because those little things mm-hmm. that they probably added along the way. Yes. Cuz I guarantee you Michael Keaton probably wrote the script before Harold Ramis even got his hands on a script yes. of some sort. They were probably trying to find an actor before they found a director. Right. I don't I don't know that, but if Michael Keaton didn't get it and it was the movie that we saw, he had to have seen some kind of a it. It had to have been something else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would I would believe that. And you Because know, anything Pittsburgh, Michael Keaton was gonna do. Right. Gung Ho took place in Pittsburgh. Obviously. Um, you know, uh Rocky. <laughs> Rocky, that's it's also not Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. It's a like, clerk. Um, but it, they're like the Michael Shannon cameo, right? That all kind of yes. stems from that diner. Oh yeah. Well, the kid. Uh, the there. There's um. And again, like I just because I was perusing the IMDb trivia, mm-hmm. um, when Phil goes to he takes the old man to the hospital. Yes. And in the background, the kid. Who he catches in the tree, yeah. he's sitting there with a broken leg huh. in the back, in behind them. So you don't, if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't even know it's there. What a smart little egg. So the idea is he, Phil hasn't started catching him yet. Oh, man. And so that's the aftermath. So it is exactly what you just said. It's the end place. And then you subvert the end place, right? We see the finished result. We see without Phil's intervention. How smart. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I never, I've seen this movie a zillion times yeah. and I never picked up on that. It's the kind of movie that, okay, the last, I mean, I've had some memorable times watching this yes. movie, right? Uh, m- most recently, a couple years ago, uh, some of the collider people we were flying to New York around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So when we were still owned by Complex, and Complex invited us out for the Christmas right, party. Right, right. And I'm sitting on the plane next to Mark Riley. Uh-huh. Okay, and then in the in the aisle, like in the same aisle, but in like the other, so it was three by three. On the other side was Thad uh, Williams, and Thad Williams leaned over to me and he goes, "Groundhog <laughs> Day." I was like, "What channel?" He's like, three. So I like turn it to the three, nice. and the three of us just. Giggled yes. for the entire Groundhog Day, and it was like the f- middle part of the flight. Uh-huh. And I can just—it's one of those movies that I don't think I've ever met somebody that's like, eh, I don't really like Groundhog Day. Right? It is a litmus test. It's funny because I was thinking about that today. I was yeah. thinking about like there are movies where or or things where where you're just like, yeah, we don't see the world the same way right. if you, this doesn't can move you. Yeah. And I feel like Groundhog Day is definitely one of them. It's it's a movie where, but also it's one of those, it's fucking, it's a wonderful life at this point. It you really know what is. I mean? So it's yeah. like, if you, it's like, who doesn't like, wait, what? Right. But, but yeah, it is, and when it comes to comedy and sense of humor though, it is one of those things where you're just kind of like, yeah, but, you gotta like this. You gotta, it's, how can you not like <laughs> yeah, this movie? Yeah, exactly. It's a feel good, high concept comedy. Um, it's, and it's such a, I don't I like it's such a a holiday that really doesn't matter. Yeah, of course. But, but everybody now it knows because yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Right. But and everybody knows that yeah. February 2nd is Groundhog Day. Yes. 
But everybody's like, oh, to the Groundhog see a shadow. All right, great. Six more weeks of winter. Go about your day. But now you're like, hey, Groundhog Day. You know what we should do? We should watch Groundhog Day. It's so clever, the idea of untapped holidays that yes. everybody gets the day off for, yep. or or at the very least, is it printed on a calendar? Right. Right? You right. Know? And right. like, even if you have still have to go to school that day, or even if you still whatever, like if it's printed on the calendar, yeah. then it's an, and, and, but you don't, ha- but you do have to go to school actually. That's, that's actually the basis, <laughs> the, the best idea. Do you, are courts and schools still open and it's printed on the calendar? If so, that is an untapped resource. It really it is. Was very very clever for them because in, th- in theory it could have been Arbor Day. Yeah, it could have been anything. President's Day. Totally. Could I mean we're recording this on Veterans Day. It could oh, have yeah. been a Veterans Day thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of those. Yes, I agree with you. Would it because just because it's called Groundhog Day that has the, because it's a funny holiday. Yes. Yeah. Centered around a groundhog. Yeah. And a stupid tradition. It's terribly but it, stupid. But it's a, it's a, it's for whatever reason made it on the calendar. I know. Which doesn't make any sense to me. None at all. And I still have, I wish I, I it's in my, you know what we'll do? We'll take a picture after we're done recording. I still have my ticket from my um, experience at Groundhog Day. Oh. You get this little ticket for the bus. Yes. There's your ticket to Groundhog Day. Guess nice. how much it was? How much? One dollar. Wow. One dollar. They could have charged you more. <laughs> I, and I would have paid. Yes, it. they yes. would have. Yeah. I um okay. So I wanted to bring up uh, okay. the idea of um Groundhog Day versus Scrooged. Okay. Okay. So another. Have you seen Scrooge? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just don't want to assume anything. <laughs> okay. I don't want to assume. I mean, there are a lot of movies that I haven't seen that are classics, but there Scrooge is not one. Yeah. I right. Love Scrooge. So and and it's a similar. It's kind of a similar deal. Holiday movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Murray. Crabby man. Bill Murray. Crabby mm-hmm. man learns a lesson. Yes. Like et cetera, et cetera. We have a Karen In what Allen. Would be like a modern. Scrooge, yeah, 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 totally. Um, Scroogey kind of thing, yes. So I love Groundhog Day, but I love Scrooge. Okay, it just tickles me in a way, and I think it's because what's the what's the year difference? So Scrooge Scrooge? is eighty eight. Okay, and and Groundhog Day is ninety two. Okay, I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, ninety two, ninety three. But Groundhog Day was definitely after, and Scrooge was definitely late eighties. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the reason that I like Scrooge more is because the humor is a little meaner. Yeah. And and Groundhog Day is a little darker. It's Mm -hmm. dark, but it's like dark and sad. And this is Scrooge is dark and mean. Dark and mean. And and, but I just think it's funnier. I don't. I don't know why. I have, a, I have a mean streak. A dark part of your soul yeah. is like, you know what? I like Scrooge. It's just, I do. And, but also, to be fair, Scrooge is, um, is, takes place in the entertainment industry. Mm. Although, Groundhog Day kind of does too. Like, there is a journalistic and video, you know, there's- No, a, yeah, for sure. But but Scrooge- uh, Do you think that, that because of Scrooge, Bill Murray- was like a first choice. Like, do you know what I mean? Be- I, I think it's because Ra- he and Ramus work so together. Yeah, 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 I yeah. do. I think that's what it is. And you were talking earlier about Caddyshack and um, I was, um, and again, the, I tell people when we're getting ready to prep for the show, like it's not a history lesson, but I did yes. find, because there's always been that um, story that this was the movie that broke their friendship. Really? Did, yeah. Have you ever heard about no. that? Uh-uh. Ramus and Bill Murray 
this movie essentially ended their friendship and they didn't speak for 21 years until allegedly until he was dying. Ramus was dying. I don't know if they, and I think they buried the hatchet briefly. And in like, you know, uh, Bill Murray released a really nice statement about him when he did pass. But yeah. the story is that Bill Murray was going through a divorce during this movie. And during so, Day. yes. And so he wanted to make it a lot darker and a lot moodier and, yeah. and Ramus, and Ramus of course was leaning into more of the comedy. And so, I mean, I do think that you see the fruits of both of their labor coming together and making like this basically perfect thing. Right. But, um, but yeah, they, they just wouldn't speak like Bill Murray wouldn't speak to him on set. It got to a point. It just was really, really bad. But, but what, what's interesting to me is that I, I was, you still get a movie out of that. Yeah. And I was reading about Caddyshack and how, um, Ramus kind of was quoted as saying that he knew that if something wasn't working, he could he could have the team start setting up the lights and he and Bill Murray could walk away for an hour while they were setting up that those lights and come back with something great, something okay. funny. Yeah. And so I think it was that relationship and of course Ghostbusters yeah, and right, right, you know right, right. and they were not Ivan Reitman directed those, but you we you know still, what we yeah, mean. Yeah. yeah. So um so yeah, but that's I did not know that. I yeah, had no idea about that. This was the one. And it's so that's another thing that's crazy. I don't know if that throws like shade on the movie for me. Or that now I look at it and think like, wow, impressive the fact that they still got out an absolutely classic movie. They're both geniuses, clearly. And also, on top of that, I think it's, um, you know, the movie Groundhog Day was very unsuccessful when it came out. 100%. And it's so funny because now, um, you know, now horror and and so many different kinds of movies come out in January, February. There there is no dead dead Mm -mm. zone for for movies anymore. Mm -hmm. But at the time, you know, February was like the The dumping ground. Exactly. And and it's just crazy to me that that even in a world of theatrical releases where there was so little competition for content that they watched this movie and went, "Mm, dump it. Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't either. Especially with Bill Murray at that time. Yeah. He's crushing it in the early 90s. Uh, Late 80s, early 90s. That was was prime Bill Murray. It's weird to me. It's, it's, It's weird to go back and, and think what would I have thought in 1993 yeah. as like my age person. Right. Like I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. I'm watching Groundhog Day in February. I don't know if I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm just saying like, let's just say I lived in Pittsburgh. Sure. And I was, I was my dad and I'm, I'm, I'm a car dealer. Yeah. Right. And my mom is like, let's go see this movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. What would I have thought yeah. walking out of the theater? Because my dad loves this movie. This is one of those movies that was, and maybe the reason that I like Groundhog Day more than I like Scrooge. Uh-huh. Scrooge was 87. Right? Sure. I'm five years old. Sure. 93, I'm 11. Yeah. 92, whatever, I'm 10 years old. And I guarantee you my dad was like, let's watch Groundhog and you Day. could laugh at it with your dad and go, Correct. And, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, totally. And it's in Punxsutawney. It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. This is very funny. Josh, the guy from Ghostbusters in this movie where he keeps living Groundhog Day over and over again. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And to me, the scene that always seals it makes me laugh out loud. I think maybe top 20 funny scenes in my life is when he punches Ned Ryerson in the face. Yeah. He's like, Ned? Need Boom. <laughs> yeah. And punches him in the face. Yeah. That is the crux of the movie for me. That's I get the biggest laugh and I am so on board. And I can remember being a kid watching that laughing like, here comes the punch, dad. And then he and he gives him the punch. Uh that for me is is the funniest like 
little throwaway scene in the movie because that's when he's having his second meltdown. Or maybe it's his first meltdown. Forget where in the movie it is. But he's having his meltdown and Needle Nose Ned comes out of nowhere and that's that. Yeah. It's just that to me. So I'm thinking to myself as an adult, what would I have thought? Would I have been like, guys, this is such an... And I think about the same thing with Caddyshack. Mm -hmm. Would I have listened to what everybody else was saying and been like, this movie is terrible or would I have gone in there and loved it? Because there are definitely comedies I've watched and movies. I mean, hell, I know my movie taste isn't exactly what people call highbrow, right? Or, you know... (laughs) Would people would be like you that that you like that movie? I'm like that's really good, right? Yeah. I I always I got in this argument with Roca and Jeff Snyder about movies like Phantom Thread and mm. those kind of movies. I'm just like, listen, for me to watch a movie, I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to be bored to sure. tears by a seamstress in London, right? What, or when, whatever the movie's about. I understand it's about clothing and a love story. And every time I watched the trailer, I was like, I think I'm going to fall asleep during the trailer. I know I'm going to fall asleep during this movie. I want rewatchability and I want entertainment. Yeah. So I think, personally, had I seen Groundhog Day back then and people didn't tell me what it was, I would have loved it. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, Caddyshack, speaking of Caddyshack, I would argue, and this is not to like disagree about taste, it's not about taste, but I don't feel like Caddyshack holds up. Really? I don't. I, I, you know, meanwhile though, and maybe it is about taste because I do think that Happy Gilmore holds up for doing golf movies. Uh Um, But- uh, So does Tin Cup, even though- Tin Cup, uh, yeah. The pleats in his pants are insane. Yeah, I like Tin Cup a lot. Yeah, it's a great Uh, movie. But but I say that to say that there, that I do feel like I really want- was thinking about it and with Groundhog Day I think you could turn on Netflix it is on Netflix actually yeah. it's on Netflix in the US if you're listening and you want to watch it um, but you could catch this movie brand new today and not mm. feel like it's dated I agree I, you know whereas Caddyshack like some of it some of it lands some of it doesn't now I understand like nostalgia the idea or not nostalgia I understand the idea of like this is a classic I love this part I want to watch it over and over and mm-hmm. over again but to fresh eyes I I don't know if Caddyshack holds up in the same way. Yeah, I don't know if, like, if in five years, six years, I show my nephew Caddyshack if yeah. he enjoys it. But I honestly think if I show him Groundhog Day, yes, I love it. Yes, I agree. I think, I agree. I think that Groundhog Day is one of those. It's And also, it's timeless because it's supposed to be a little bit of a fairy tale town. Yeah. You know? And so I think that really helps. Yes. And also the... The idea of going to it, the city guy going to the small town, it's it's yeah. always, you know, it, that helps because you eliminate technology. 100%. And you get your, you know, I'm supposed to be this high class, you know, uh, socialite from Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm dealing with these these local oh, yokels. When he calls himself a celebrity, I, it's, <laughs> this is both an emergency and I'm a celebrity. Like, I was like, that's so funny. Where on, the, I'm trying, I'm looking at the list of where it lays in the top 100. In the comedy list? Yes. I don't know. I didn't actually look up. That's how important the rankings are in this to this podcast. It's 34. <laughs> okay. Which, and in 1993, and, and 34 is one of my favorite numbers. That was Bo Jackson's football number. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so that makes sense. And it's, it's. I mean, it's beaten by some classics, obviously. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge classic movie fan. Yeah. Uh, but it does beat Animal House by two. Animal House is 36. 
and Big is 42. And those were my three that I sent you that I was like, these are the things I'm thinking about. I I said that we shouldn't talk about Animal House because I really don't like Animal House. You really don't like Animal House. I really don't like it. And and it's funny too because like I look, there's some movies that the, it's not even about, oh, this hasn't aged well or whatever. I just like, Animal House is too much for me. Uh, But I, (laughs) but I do love Big. I love Big. Big's a great movie. And um, this list has a lot of good comedies that I love and a lot of ones that I'm just like, eh, here we go. Well, I had, um, oh yeah, what are some where you're like, eh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like no a, judging. A movie like Diner isn't a comedy to me. That's more of a drama. Yeah, yeah. It's like The Martian getting nominated sure. for Best Comedy Musical because yeah. that's hysterical. Um, you know, I don't think Fargo is exactly funny. Yeah, it's a different kind of funny for sure. The fact that Good Morning Vietnam is number 100 is kind of crazy because, and that's also, ve- there's very few laughs in that movie. Yeah. That's a dark, it's, dark movie. It's, it's like a movie that stars a comedian. Yes. You know, and it's like, well, that yep. doesn't make it a comedy. Yes. But I mean, this is AFI, so Some Like It Hot is number one, and that's- right. You know, of course. Thing. Blazing Saddles being number six. I, I, n- number four is Annie Hall. And yeah. I, I can't tell you how much I dislike the movie. Interesting. Annie Hall. But I, I am not a Woody Allen fan. I'm I, not a Woody Allen. I've never really liked a Woody same Allen movie that much. Yeah, same. Um, here's the thing the one thing they did get right is that Airplane is 10. Okay. A, a slapstick needs to be in the top 10. Yes. Especially the, the you know, because you had True Genius. Air, well, Airplane, Airplane 2, True Genius, and then the Naked Gun movies. Mm-hmm. I put all those together mm-hmm. as just slapstick brilliance yeah. for me, and I could watch those anytime. Like, my parents were here a few weeks ago, and Airplane was on TV, and my dad immediately stopped, and he's like, let's watch Airplane. And my mom, and we all sat around and just giggled at Airplane, yeah. still being extremely funny. Yeah. It's also, it's one of, oh, this reminds me. Um, well, because comedy, you know, it's so, I there are some movies that I think we'll look back, like some, for instance, I think Elf is going to stay on the test of time. 100%. Not just because it's a great Christmas movie, but it's a it's fucking hilarious. It really it's is. really it funny. Really um, whereas like old school, I don't think old school is going to stand the test okay. of time. I think we will argue forever about if Anchorman is, is still funny or not. I love Anchorman. Me too. But there are, you know, that was another one that when it yeah. first came out, people were like, what is this? Yeah. And then kind of gained that cult status essentially. Old school for me, I think as a whole, the movie may not hold up. Yeah. But there were certain scenes sure. in old school that, I mean, the dart in your neck scene. Yes. Is the, is yes. a top 50 comedy scene yes. in the movie. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I always feel like old school is one of those movies when people are like, you know what movie I love from 90s comedy? Cause it, or maybe it was early 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, of that era of like the Adam McKay, Will yes. Ferrell kind of movies. Everybody, whenever they think Will Ferrell, I think automatically thinks Ron Burgundy, right? Mm-hmm. As like, his most iconic yeah. comedy performance, yeah. um, even though you could you argue Elf, yeah. you argue old school yep. kind of a situation. But yeah, it's I think old school is one of those on the fence kind of movies. Been like, yeah, it's very funny, and I could watch it over and over again. Yeah. But maybe when I'm in an adult, I don't think it's as funny. Well, and so you know, there was a sequence in this in this movie. It's the scene, the sequence with the old man, uh, the homeless man, yeah. where you know you we go through the whole process with him, and that scene. He was stood just up. old. Yeah. And it's so sad. Shed a tear. But that scene to me stood out as it could have been something out of a Charlie Chaplin movie. Yeah. Like it felt very um 
very classic comedy with a heart. And what was so neat about that to me was that, you know, because I am a huge Chaplin fan. I am not a Buster Keaton fan. Um, And so, but to me, I can watch, like I took my boyfriend to The Great Dictator. He had seen it before, but that's in my top five. And it's not in my top five favorite movies because I'm being cool and uh, I went to film school and oh, uh, let me pick a black and white movie. Like, it's not that. I truly... Not only do I think it's a beautiful film, it is so fucking funny. Okay. Um, but that said, I've never seen it. Oh, Josh! I mean, you know, it, it's a talkie. Yeah. It's it's the time the tramp talked for the first time. Sure. Um, and uh, and it's a real talking comedy and and yeah. it's I think you should watch it okay. um, and again I'm not giving you like film school homework <laughs> I, I really think it's okay. funny All right. um, but that said uh, that was a scene with the old man where where Bill Murray was Chaplin or Keaton mm-hmm. and and I think that that's a testament to Harold Ramis being an icon behind the camera but also Bill Murray being an icon in front of the camera yeah I think but in those, in that movie, in those scenes, those are the kind of heartfelt things that in some comedies you sometimes don't get. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have that really heartfelt moment of, I can try and change what's yeah. going to happen, but I can't. I really can't change today. Yeah. I can only change what I'm, what's going to happen hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. Right? And each time he does it and he realizes, okay, this is whatever. I don't, there, but you know, the, I think the genius part about this movie is there's never a realization is like, if I do this, mm-hmm. I'll do this because I just, I just saw Frozen for the first time. Oh. Right? And I actually really enjoyed it's it. Really, it's really, yeah, it's, it's a pretty great movie. Sweet movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you realize, you know, like you need a, a love's kiss or whatever or something like that. That Disney always gives you, they need to do this. Like, he has to throw the ring in Mordor for the movie to end. We have no idea what Bill Murray has to do. It's just a very uh, heartfelt thing that he just has to. And I guess it was like, well, he has to get Andy McDowell in bed. No, he he doesn't. No, because they don't sleep together. No. Before, when, at the end. No, they just spend the night together. Yeah. Um, I, I like that about the movie. There isn't this goal. It's not like Freaky Friday right. or what's the movie with Judge Reinhold and Fred uh, Savage where they switch places. I think it's... Oh. Uh, you ever seen that movie? No. But this sounds like a movie... It's basically Freaky Friday. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I that's what I do like about this movie and that all those little heartfelt scenes, like you said, with the old man yeah. and uh, the piano teacher mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, the, even the when he proposes that woman and they fall in love or whatever, or the scene with the snowballs and the kids, there is always a little bit of heart in every yeah. kind of a scene. And I think a lot of times in comedy, because especially now, because there isn't much heart behind a lot of it, you lo- all they're going for is that big stupid laugh, and sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't get it. Yeah. And of the comedies that have been successful over the last few years, they do have that. I just don't think producers and directors necessarily know that that's what they want. Yeah, that's fair. I want to, there's one line, before we get to the movie that you're going to add, mm-hmm. um, there's one line in this movie that that stood out to me this time that was so funny. It was Chris Elliott line, actually, where he they're about to go into the party and he goes, hey, would you be interested in seeing the inside of the van? <laughs> and to this woman, basic, and of course he's talking about his news van, but he goes, yeah, do you, like, no, just, and she's like, uh, 
no. <laughs> and he says it so sincerely. Yeah. And it uh, doesn't know that it's so creepy. That it's like, like, get in the van. In, yeah. Do you want to yeah. see the inside of my van? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Which made me really laugh. <laughs> like a little a little nugget for Chris Elliott, who's doing doing his best there with is a thankless role. The, the Chris Elliott role in this movie is a much needed. Yes. It's almost your comic relief. Sure. In the movie. Yeah. That is a comedy. It's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. It's, um... It there are, I, I it's this is the kind of movie that I I obviously have such a fondness for, yeah. And um, I when somebody's like, oh, you're so simple, you like the stupid comedies. I'm like, well, I also like Groundhog Day, but I, I <laughs> so if, if that's my litmus, excuse test, me, uh, excuse me, I, I memorize Groundhog Day, no big deal, no big deal. Yeah, I think that when he so obviously when he's driving on the train tracks and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're gonna get it. That it's amazing to me um, when he robs the Brinks, like the armored yes, truck, yes. with the quarters. Yes, car goes by. Yeah, drop the quarter. Yeah, look around, walk out. That again, all those little writing points. Yes, that you don't necessarily. Oh, reasons that I want to be in a writer. I would love to be in a writer's right. room. I always, whenever people ask me, like, what if you could go back in time and do things? I have specific things yes. I want to do, right? And none of them include like I want to go to the medieval. I'm like, guys, it stinks. Yeah, you're not going to go back and be King Arthur. You're going to be you back in time. Right. Right. It's like I want to go back when they signed the Declaration of Independence. You don't. No, thank you. You don't. There's I'm no toothbrushes. There's no running water. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. You're, you're gross. The fact that people were living to 40 is insane. I mean, as a lady, I Ugh. certainly don't want to go back no. there. But I would love to go back and be in the writer's room for a, a Groundhog Day. Yeah. I'd love to be in a writer's room for a movie like Shawshank Redemption, like when it, yeah. or at the premiere of Godfather, something like that. I would want to be in the room for Back to the Future. Yes. That's a puzzle that the fa- and I look I uh, sorry this is just me talking here but Back to the Future two and three don't exist to me okay like I mean three three is fine I don't mind three either actually like it's fine but I hate Back to the Future two I can't stand it it's just it's like they took everything I liked about all the characters and said said let's do the opposite let's crush it's, it I don't understand but anyway the point there's is- one the whole crux of the second act is at a terrible casino in what is now a rundown hill valley it's. I don't understand what anyone was thinking with no. Back to the Future 2, but it's a different story. Yeah. But I bring it up because I feel like, and I, granted, like there have been so many people who've gone back and you can nitpick anything forever. But for me and my, you know, movie watching brain, I feel like Back to the Future, I'm like, how do they keep this timeline straight? Right. Like, and it's exactly, it's kind of similar, actually. Like you plant the seeds of George and Lorraine's life present day, right. and then you that's the end. You go back and then find where all those little references, reference points come from. And it's little creating your own yes. world, your own version of time travel. Yes. Right? Yes. It's that. Everybody's like, oh, but this wouldn't work in this time. I'm like, guys, in the movie, you can create however right. however you want, you can create your own timeline. Just make it make 95%. That's what I always say. Make 95% makes sense. Yeah. That's it. I, I had I talked to a writer uh, on the show Sleepy Hollow because they deal with time travel on that yeah. show for their the podcast I did for them and uh, and the, a writer called time travel an ice cream headache of a problem yes and I was like wow that is perfect, perfect. 
because it's it's fun and it's delicious. Ooh, I Brain ate it too much. <laughs> but let me eat more. Exactly. Once it's over, I need yeah, more. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Nailed that. That's so perfect. Um, so yeah. I've never forgotten that term. Yeah. But Okay, so let's talk about everybody gets set. We've talked about the list a little, which is sure. good. Um, and uh, I'm glad you brought up Good Morning Vietnam because Mark Ellis actually picked Good Morning Vietnam. Did he? And we talked about it. And he added, um, he was like, the fact that there's not a Jim Carrey movie on this comedy list is shocking. To me and 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 he was like, so I pick whatever. I can't remember. Do you what remember he what picked. he picked? Uh, maybe he picked liar liar. Okay, probably. Okay. Or maybe I picked liar liar and okay. he picked something else and I okay. forgot. But well, that's. I mean, personally, like for the AFI list, yeah. Like I love Dumb and Dumber and I love Ace Ventura. I also love Liar Liar, but to me, Liar Liar goes on this list because it's the AFI choice. Okay, they're not putting Ace Ventura. Where he's talking out of his ass True. on the American Film Institute yeah. list. Let but me ask you some questions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. You've got movies like Bull Durham, which is good. It's not a crazy comedy. It's no. not a comedy to me. Uh, you got The Freshman. That is not a comedy. Yeah. Private Benjamin, comedy and amazing. Yeah. Father of the Bride, funny moments with heart. I do like Father of the Bride. City Slickers, funny. Sure. Beetlejuice, you're Michael Keaton. Love that. Super funny. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That was the other one I was going to talk about yes. was Fast Times. Very funny. Um, I think, oh, you know who... Uh, uh, oh, I think Clueless should be on this list. I, I agree. I think Clueless is very funny, but also like a smart comedy it's very kind of smart. situation. Yeah. I've always had a problem with the end of Clueless. I don't think that Josh should have been her stepbrother. I think that's a weird plot line. Mm -hmm. I think Josh should have just been like a family friend right. of theirs forever that works sure. with her dad and has always been like a big brother yeah. to her. Yeah. He falls in love. Um, you know, Beverly Hills Cop is on here at 63. Sure. Great, funny movie, but more of a... Yeah, an it's like movie. an action movie, but and and that's a, another one where it's like, but Eddie Murphy is funny. Like Eddie Murphy's very funny. You can't have him. What I'm saying is like, I, but, most people call if you're it, Eddie Murphy. Though Muddy Professor's on here, is on there at 99. But is it yeah. is it the Eddie Murphy version? No, it's 1963. You know Oops, what it was? <laughs> it, but actually, you just reminded me that Ellis pointed out he didn't add a Jim Carrey movie. He added The Nutty Professor. And he added uh, the, uh, the, the Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy Nutty Murphy Professor. One. That's what it was. Um, you know, but here, I also look at a lot of um, if movies. Like, okay, I watched Shampoo in college as part of sure. a film class, right? I didn't think I was going to like it. There is a reason that Warren Beatty won or was nominated yeah. for Academy Award. Did he win? I'm not sure. I don't he, remember. I know he was nominated for it. He is he is acting not Warren Beatty. Yeah. It's it's an amazing performance in Shampoo. Um, I think a lot of these movies that are on this list are put on here one because they're funny, but also because they were standard bearers for a genre yes. going forward. I think you're right. Um, movies like Animal House sort of took on that. That mm -hmm. college stupidity. Totally. And and we were able to get, and we got more movies. And that, isn't right? that also the first, is that the first national, big national land yeah, oh yes, movie? 100%. So, and that's another benchmark that you have Correct. to put on there because that gave us vacation and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Here's one uh, that I think really started was There's Something About Mary. Yeah. We got, that. this is probably the most juvenile comedy on the AFI list, and it's a 27. You know, and I, that's a really interesting one, preference-wise, for me. And also, um, frankly, I think Dumb and Dumber is smarter. I think I like Dumb and Dumber better, but I also think it's smarter than There's Something About Mary. Uh, I don't disagree, which is why the movie I would put on this list is 100% Dumb and Dumber. Nice! 100%. I agree. I um, 
I was thinking there's three movies that I could watch, comedies that I could watch anytime, anywhere. Now, you were probably like, he's going to want to throw Bad Boys 2 on, on the air. I did not. Time. I thought it was going to be a Sandler movie or, which okay. by the way, I love The Wedding Singer. Love The Wedding Singer? I, I love Happy Gilmore. Happy I mean, Gilmore is everything. I would put The Wedding Singer on, for the AFI squeaky clean purposes, I'd put yes. The Wedding Singer on this. Okay. Big Daddy 2, I love. Big Daddy's great. Wedding Singer's great. Mr. Deeds is actually very good, I, I think. I do not like that one. You don't want, like, I, I like, like Mr. Deeds. Deeds. It's not. Th- There's no I love, judging, by the I way. I love Billy Madison. Yeah, I like Billy Madison too. But Happy Gilmore is 100% his best movie. It's really funny. And I think it should be on this list too. Yeah. Uh, I On Claire's, uh, Claire Lim's podcast, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Real Imagine Futures, mm-hmm. I did Happy Gilmore. Nice. That was hers. And That's I've been thinking love. about because I don't, I'm glad that there's no Happy Gilmore too. Yeah. But I could totally, if any of his movies could have had a sequel. Oh, yeah. It's definitely Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Um, but for me, Happy Gilmore is one of those movies that if it's on, I will turn it on and I will watch it till the end. Or I, I mean, it's one of those ones that's DVR'd on here. Yep. Another one, which is criminally underrated, is MacGruber. Oh, you know, I still haven't seen MacGruber. MacGruber. I need to watch that. I'm going to watch it tonight. My amazing wife, my dad, people like that, I don't, didn't think would like MacGruber. And even Amanda was like, all right, this is really freaking yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... M- for me, MacGruber, criminally underrated, hysterical. Yeah. I when you and MacGruber's one of those movies where if you talk to somebody that likes MacGruber, they lose their mind yes. when you bring it up. Yes. Like a couple of stand-up comedian friends of mine are just like, oh, MacGruber is the most genius movie we've had. Yeah. Yada yada yada. So I love MacGruber. And the other one, Dumb and Dumber shaped my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um to this day, my one of my best buddies from home, Max, uh, he and I will text. Dumb and Dumber gifts back and forth, yeah. just Dumb and Dumber quotes. It's the kind of movie that his family had a um, like a ski condo at a, like a little hill outside Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It's called Hidden Valley, and we would go up there for his birthday every year, and other times in the year. And there, it was we always put Dumb and Dumber on, mm-hmm. just always. I was in Big Bear three weeks ago with one of my buddies from high school, and he goes, "Yeah, we should put on Dumb and Dumber." And I go, "Yeah, for Max, for Max, put on Dumb and Dumber." That movie still holds up. Yeah, it is. Not only stupid, it is genius. It's really smart. And it is heartfelt. Yes. Right? Yes. There are even in the even in the moments when it shouldn't be heartfelt. Yeah. It's heartfelt. When I think, and I tweeted this out, Jim Carrey's best acting performance he's ever given in his career is when he looks at Harry and goes, sick and tired of having uh-huh. nobody. And they hug. That's Jim Carrey being 100% real. He may be a moron, but he is being 100% heartfelt and dedicated in that movie. The fact that Dumb and Dumber isn't on this list is kind of a travesty because not only did it – because Ace Ventura, I mean, that movie killed me. I sat through in the theater three straight times with my buddy Colin Redman from high school. Three straight times. And we watched Ace Ventura back to back to back. This was back in the day when nobody's going to kick you out of a theater. They were just like, all right, can you give me like five bucks and I'll let you stay. So – I again, Ace Ventura all the way through, hysterical. Does it deserve a place in the AFI 100 list? In my mind, yes, but I know AFI being the snoots that they sure, are, sure, sure. probably not going to put it on there. Yeah. But Dumb and Dumber deserves to be on this list. It is a quintessential comedy. It gave us the Farrelly brothers for the most part, who, for better or for worse, most of their stuff is fantastic. Of course, they hit lulls with me, myself, and Irene. Is great. I do like like two thirds of okay. myself and Irene. I really do like some of it. Here's an underrated comedy: Stuck on You. Do you know? <laughs> wait, before we get to Stuck on You, do you know what I think all the time? Like when some 
What's your name? Hank Evans. <laughs> For little girl. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Sometimes I just think it yes. and it just makes me giggle. But yeah, that's me, myself, yes. and I. For you listeners at home. Go go watch. Me, myself, and Irene is on HBO a lot. And I, I will watch that anytime. But Dumb and Dumber, um, I just, there isn't a part in that movie that doesn't make me think and giggle. So it's the thing I the the here's the argument I make academically for why Dumb and Dumber should be on this list and not There's Something About Mary. And okay. you know, again, the list is we it use is the list because like whatever it just gives it's us a list. it gives us guidelines. Like yes. fine, um, I know why There's Something About Mary is on there. It's on there because it was a culture, a pop culture phenomenon, yeah. and it made movie stars, meaning yes. it turned Ben Stiller into a comedy superstar. Yep. And uh, and it was the Farrelly follow-up, you know, or, yep. you know, came after um, Dumb and Dumber. Right. Obviously, I think, did Kingpin come before, maybe? I, I don't remember. I think Kingpin's before something about Mary. I think it is, look. too. But either way, there's something about Mary was a pop culture phenomenon. The reason that I would argue academically that Dumb and Dumber needs to be on here in place of it, in instead of my own personal taste, is Dumb and Dumber is PG-13. And it's a PG-13 so, movie. Yes, and that means that they, of course, come right up to the to the boundaries yeah. of Ron Holly's boobs as Totally, headlights. like whatever. It's, yeah, but- you they, can't see, if you're listening to the podcast, I just gave the Jim Carrey look when he, he sees the it, headlight. Yeah. But but they, as comedians and as creators, are not able to rely on raunch and R-rated, yep. like, you know, bullshit or whatever. They, they have to, and that means that they have boundaries and they exceed those boundaries, I would say. You know, it's the same, comedians say this all the time, like, not being able to work blue means that they have to work that, they have to figure it out. They have to think smarter. You have to, 100%. You know, so, so that's why, that's my academic argument for why Dumb and Dumber should be on there. Also, I realized 20 minutes in, I never introduced you. <laughs> Josh Maguga is my guest today. Uh, but this is why I do intros at the top. Oh, that do you do I like your standalone? Yeah, there yeah, yeah. So good, don't good, worry. Good. They'll know all about you cool, when we you. just dive in. Sure. But this thank was you. great. This was fun. All right. I'm just glad that you're on board with Dumb and Dumber being on the list. Oh, yes. I mean, 100%. I seriously- I was shocked that it wasn't when I looked. There are so many little one-liners in Dumb and Dumber where, again, it's like you can laugh at the slapstick, you can laugh at the big stuff, yeah. but then when you really watch the movie over and over again and yeah. you start to listen to what they're saying, some of it is so fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. And it's just the little things. Well, like, if that's sea bass over there. Uh, like, the, the, we landed on the moon yeah. still makes me laugh. Just for yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's just, and it's so sincere. Really Jim Carrey's is. so good in it. So it's Jeff, da so Jeff Daniels. By the way, Jeff Daniels, who from Glory yes. and like- A serious a actor. A serious actor. A stage actor. Being so funny. And yes. the perfect compliment, because he's not the straight man. No. The perfect compliment to Jim Carrey's yeah. kind of comedy. Yep. That is really hard to do. I will say this. Every time I watch Dumb and Dumber, I pick up on a little thing here and there. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day kind of a yes. thing. I didn't pick up until I was old enough to realize it, that when they go to the bar, when they're at the charity function, right? And they're dressed in the amazing yes, tuxedos. Yes, yes. Which, by the by, I bought a tuxedo from the same shop that rented those tuxedos. Unknowingly, I walked oh. in. It was, it's in Burbank. Uh, and I walk in and he had a framed picture of them and it was signed. And I was like, did you do the tuxedos for Dumb and Dumber? He goes, you want to see them? 
and he has him in the back. Oh, nice. He's like, I'm waiting for the Smithsonian to call. And I'm ah. like, okay. Uh, so um, we're there at the bar and he goes, uh, you know, they're looking around. He goes, let's go over and get some uh, two bowls of loudmouth soup. And I'm like, I've never heard a drink called bowls of loudmouth soup. It's such a small line. Yeah. You don't pick it up and I'm like, Incredible line. I've never heard of it. And I've used it a couple times since and nobody's ever picked up on it because it's just a throwaway line. Yeah, I never picked up on that either. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- it's similar to that. Um, Jim Carrey does it in The Cable Guy. He he says, uh, I have fresh juice. <laughs> <laughs> he pronounces juice, juice. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> so now, it's, little, it's, now, it's just so funny. And little. now, like, anytime I have juice in my house, I think juice. Juice? <laughs> it's just, he's, you know, yep. he's that guy. Pretty he's perfect. He's kind of funny. He I'll tell you what. Yeah. All right, my friend. Thank this you, was Clark. great. Thank you. Alrighty, friends, that is going to do it for us today for the season two premiere of Sending the Wolf with Josh McCuga talking about Groundhog Day and, of course, Dumb and Dumber at length, uh, which I do love. And uh, that was so much fun. It was so fun talking to Josh and getting to catch up. And, uh, you know, uh, I love talking to people who appreciate comedy and all kinds of comedy. This is not a snobby show, for goodness sake. And certainly as the... uh, as the person whose sights drag me to hell and the hills have eyes is one of two of their favorite horror movies of all time. I'm not judging anybody's taste, if you know what I mean. So this was great. Josh is amazing. And we have a really, really funny mini uh, from my conversation with Josh coming to Patreon on Thursday for $5 and higher contributors. That's monthly, $5 monthly. Uh, there is a mini episode that comes out on Thursday every week. So um, if you are interested in contributing there. Go check it out. Um, I loved, I love this mini we talk about, we talk about lots of things, but, uh, but to tease it, I would say that included are, uh, the Farrelly brothers, Lynn Shea and Neil Diamond. So that's your tease. Uh, alrighty friends, that's going to do it for me today. I will see you on Thursday on Patreon. Thank you again for coming back. Hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and rate, rate and review the show and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.